bones that bounce, the buckboard bounce, and the cactus hurts my toes. Let's buy moose where the gals can use no silks and sandals and linen that shows, and you're all mine in buttons and bows. 
night last Saturday. Troubles piling up day by day, and now I'm getting dandruff. Grief and misery, pains and woes, and debts and taxes, and so it goes. And I think I'm getting a cold in my nose. Life gets tasteless, don't it? This is Charlie O'Donnell. Stay tuned for more of KLAC's History of Country Music. The history of Country Music. Why would this kind of price structure? Goodbye. Little old, I thought I would cry. 
She'll do me, she'll do you, she's got that kind of love in her. Lord, I love to hear her when she calls me sweet. Daddy's such a beautiful dream. I hate to think it all over. I've lost my heart, it seems. I've grown so used to you somehow. The Hank Williams story began in a two-room log cabin near Georgiana, Alabama, September 17, 1923. At age seven, his mother bought him a guitar for $3.50, and he picked up lessons from an old Negro street singer named Teton. At age 12, he wrote a song for an amateur show and won first prize. At 13, he formed his own band, The Drifting Cowboys. At 17, he ran off to Texas, joined the rodeo, and injured his back. When a horse threw him in an injury, it was to plague him the rest of his life. A short time later, he married Audrey Shepard, and she joined the band. At that time, they were playing honky-tonk clubs. Steel guitarist Don Helms described them as the kind of joints where they sweep up the eyeballs every morning. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. I can't find them yet. Well, I'm standing on the phone with a bucket in my hand. I'm waiting for a woman. It ain't got no man who wants my book has got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. Hank Williams later journeyed to Nashville, where he met songwriter and publisher Fred and Wesley Rose. This was a highly significant meeting, for it was Fred Rose who was to play a vital role in the shaping of young Hank Williams' career. Wesley Rose recalls that day. About 1946, uh, my father and I were, during our lunch period, playing a little ping pong up in the WSM. Uh, studios, and right after the ping pong game, this uh, young, thin boy came in with his wife and asked if he could sing some songs. But we went into one of the uh, broadcasting studios, and he sang some songs, which we needed badly for another artist. So in those days, there there wasn't any such thing as tape. So these acetates were cut. And with these acetates, these songs were given to Molly O'Day, who was on Columbia at that time. But we had copies of the acetates. And then an opportunity came when somebody was looking for a new country artist. Naturally, with Hank singing him, uh, my father thought this was the man to start. Bye.
success. He had hits with everything he recorded. Artists clamored for his material and his fans worshipped him. Yet he was a man who seemed to walk in the shadows of death. A lonely man with nowhere to pour his soul into but his music. Those who knew him, like many Pearl, can recall his moods of deep depression. I never knew exactly the cause of Hank's unhappiness. There have been so many stories told and so many books written and movies made. And, and as is one of his very dear friends, um, I would be unable to say where the source of his happiness was, like the chicken and the egg. Uh, he, I don't know what his basic uh, problem was. Sometimes I've thought of Hank as being like someone who has hold of a tiger and can't ride it and can't turn it loose. Perhaps he was a victim of his own talent. As time passed, Hank Williams lost control. Roy Acoff recalls. Later years, uh, Hank, Hank just couldn't seem to control himself. He uh, he was not the Hank Williams when he left the Grand Ole Opry that he was when he came to the Grand Ole Opry. Whether uh, money might have made the difference, whether uh, his disappointment in his married life might have made a difference, whatever it was, there was a difference in Hank Williams. Uh, no one could control him. He, he got uh, uncontrollable. Uh, he, uh, he got to looking like possibly when you'd see him, the man from the creek in the shooting of Dan McGrew. Uh, he let his whisker grow. He failed to shave, to look neat like he once did. And, uh, I think he lost, uh, lost his, uh, voice appeal to a certain extent because he just wasn't the Hank Williams that, that we knew when he came here and was really striving to get up. I think that... I think that Hank died in glory.